Ring Ring, it's time for the finale of the 2023 Crossplay Conversations Game of the Year Awards, the show where we dive deep while keeping it light. Dive deep talking about video games, if that wasn't clear. I'm your host, Luke Lewis, and today I'm once again joined by my co-host, the Wii U Wonder Kid, Jacob McCourt. Hi, that's me. It's part two time, baby. We'd love to see it. The sneaker savant back on camera, recovered from What's the up? suds. It's Joseph Hooper. We're here. We're here for your guns. <laughs> for video listeners, perfect. For audio listeners, if you're not watching the video version, Jacob has this like effect where like confetti will just like sure. happen. Balloons will happen. It's a real treat on this video call, I'll say. And rounding out our quartet, it's the queen of the cozy game from Lukewarm Games, Claire Helmberger. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back. Welcome back to the shenanigans. The shenanigans are um, afoot for sure. So listeners, if you're just jumping into this episode and you didn't listen to last week's episode, this is our part two to our game of the year discussion for 2023. So I highly recommend jump into the previous episode first because I think that'll be a good primer for what you'll hear today. So we have five more awards categories and then we're going to unveil our top 10 games of the year. It's a weighted list. I made a video to reveal it. No one else on the call knows what made the list. It's very exciting. Intrigue, mystery, abound. Anywho, there was one category from the last episode that Jacob would like to make a little addendum slash announcement slash disclaimer. So take it away, sir. And then we will move on to our new stuff. So as soon as we finish recording, just so we can see, we went through the business boy or made a, someone made a comment in the discord chat about the business boy category. And then Mm -hmm. I basically named four other bad bits of business, like off the top of my head that I didn't think of Mm -hmm. before we like in the weeks of preparation. And then, you know, during the call. So for 60 seconds, I'm going to give you the four that we're adding to the list. They are not, going to be smaller big winners uh but for 60 seconds i'm going to let you know about four more bad pieces of business we start with there's my timer set uh with the wii u and 3ds eShop shutdown that was bad video game preservation is good and nintendo should start uh at least keeping their services alive for longer uh than three years after the console being like deprecated so bad nintendo bad business um, the FTC leak from Xbox, uh, sort of unfortunate how, how it happened. They uploaded a, a file that then became public and leaked a whole bunch of stuff, including a bunch of folks' work that have been working on for years on consoles and controllers and extra games and what are studios working on and profitability. And although that's great for, for folks like us to dive into, uh, and it is not a hack like what happened uh, with Insomniac, gosh darn it, that's another piece of bad business. But um, that it's just it's just really unfortunate. It sucks to have people's work leak like that. Uh, charity shenanigans. Um, there were two charity scandals. Uh, you can look into them, um, but you know, bad. And then just Embracer in general. Uh, I'm out of time, but the Embracer group um, bought a whole bunch of assets, thought they were valuable, tried to get money from Saudi Arabia. Let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, the deal fell through, and now they're closing studios, and it really, really sucks. Uh, studios like um, Free Radical who made time splitters they recreated the studio and then closed them right afterwards so embrace are bad those are four more pieces of bad business or i guess five if you count insomniac hack. those are all bad and they should feel bad there it is let's move on okay moving on to our first category of the day we are talking about best visuals technical our nominees are alan wake 2 spider-man 2 dead space remake resident evil 4 Final Fantasy 16, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, and Cyberpunk 2077. 
So I'll kick this off real quick with the one that I know is going to get cut immediately, and that's totally fine. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. I played about four or five hours of this with my dad over the holidays because he's a big fan of the movies. We loved Far Cry games growing up, so wanted to check this one out. It looks quite stunning, and we were playing on his Xbox Series S, so not even fully up Really, really cool. Very pretty foliage. The lighting is neat. They captured the world of Pandora really well with the different color schemes at night. You got all the cool glowing flora and fauna happening. Very pretty game. Was very impressed. I think that's the most notable thing about that game because it's a fun game if you enjoy Far Cry, but otherwise pretty unremarkable. But visually, I was I was quite impressed. So... Quick little shout out to that one before we get into the meat and potatoes, I think, of this category. How tall are the Na'vi? Pretty tall. Pretty tall. Okay. They're like but eight feet tall, right? They're like Something eight feet like tall, that, but to yeah. be honest, I didn't feel it playing the game. It wasn't oh. like, oh my god, I'm so tall. It was just like, you're, you're far cry. Yeah, everything yeah. feels proportionally big, so it oh, felt okay. normal, kind of. But the people hmm. are little, right? Yeah, when you're talking to humans, you're looking down at everyone, which is kind of funny. Interesting game. Um, I don't think any of us played Avatar, so... Yeah, no. no, I I just don't have more to say on it, but I I wanted to give it a shout-out because it is very pretty. Um, Other games. Joseph, do you want to kick us off on some thoughts on this one? Sure. I mean, Alan Wake 2 would be my vote, I think. This was the first, like, current-generation game that I was able to play on my 4080 PC. Uh, and boy oh boy was this just a beautiful darn game um so many moments where i stopped to watch as the sun or the light like peeked through the trees or like the atmosphere was just set like the fog and in watery um and a big thing for me is hair in video games like looking around a lot of times hair is either like super transparent or is very plasticky looking in cutscenes. Mm-hmm. I thought Saga's hair looked brilliant in this game. And it was one of like the first things I noticed within the first five, 10 minutes, all the facial captures look amazing as well. Um, and it is probably the best looking game that I've ever played uh, just off the top of my head. So uh, from a technical standpoint, Alan Wake 2, nothing short of a masterpiece in my opinion. Yeah, I would back that up. I think that's my pick for this category. And I think just to add on to what you said, Joseph, like I think it's the game on in this category that from a technical level excels, but also from an art direction perspective is absolutely insane. And I think to have such a high fidelity on weird, wild, artistic stuff is just really, really cool. Because I think there's an alternate reality where this game is like, deadly premonition b game budget vibes and it like doesn't hit the same level of like cinematic excellence that it does but it's it's absolutely stunning and i think it's one that holds the test of time i played on ps5 so i didn't get the same level of fidelity but i thought it still looked really really amazing so shout out to that game for sure claire how are you feeling on this one um i watched you play some alan wake too okay and I feel like it's a testament to how good the visuals are that you can't always immediately like tell when it's the live action stuff that they do because like especially when the people are like a little further away yeah um it's like this wait hold on okay this is live action so I think yeah 
that's that's another fair point too like the live action stuff is really well done too and the lighting and the production there like i know that doesn't directly apply to the category but it does enhance the overall like experience quite a bit yeah i just think that you know they're able to have both and it's not like jarring like whoa hey is yeah, a testament true. to it but yeah for i don't sure. actually have a game in this category um i didn't fair think enough. starfield necessarily hangs enough to be that in this category been, yeah. and that's like the only visually realistic game i played this year actually so um fair enough. i will fair say enough. it's pretty cool that you can like really see the texture on like the metal and people's clothing and stuff like if it i feel like i could i know what it would feel like if i touched my ship <laughs> which is pretty cool um but yeah the facial animations are wonk and the pop-in is a thing and it, try to do too much we've talked about it fair enough um jacob you have quite a few games on this list what's what's standing out to you yeah so so i think that um i would actually be okay with alan wake having seen gameplay of alan wake uh, even compared to something like a resident evil 4 i think that resident evil 4 is weirdly like a more bland version of uh alan wake 2 even though i think it does some really impressive things especially if you put it next to the original 2003 game I watched yesterday like a like a side by side of like the GameCube version and the the PS5 version just to like oh, cool. see the difference mm-hmm. and I just forgot how much fog there was on the GameCube version and I understand technically why they need to do that sure um, but just when you like imagine this is a realization of the vision that they had back in 2003 fully realized and the draw distance is really impressive and some of the things that you you see like when you fight El Gigante I think that that's like a really impressive um like technical fight um Mm -hmm. but i think even compared to alan wake 2 it's it doesn't uh stand up next to alan wake uh spider-man 2 does some cool stuff because of the power of the ps5 and the ssd especially in the sand should i do i say the fight i think i can say the fight right it's it's in the marketing the sand fight uh, that's really impressive. You couldn't do it on any other platform. Uh, you know, basically the amount of distance that you're thrown and the, the PS5 just deals with it. Or even the fast travel where like you go on a spot on a map and it just like zooms into the map where you are is like incredibly impressive. Uh, yeah, based it visually on that looks fact, really cool too. Yeah. yeah. Based on that fact alone, I think that if I was putting a second one on the list, it would probably be Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I think that's a solid argument. I'd also give a shout out to Dead Space Remake um, for similar reasons to RE4. Like the original game, I think, looks quite good and holds up. But this new one, the lighting, it just enhances the overall experience. It's scarier as a result of like the visual fidelity that they achieve. It looks really, really good. Um, But to your point, Jacob, I'm less excited about that one than I am Alan Wake 2. I just think they're doing so many interesting things that mm-hmm. it's hard not to give that one the edge. Worth noting with this Alan Wake 2 discussion, our next category is Best Visuals Art Direction, so more of a focus on like artistic... Le- less about technical, more about the overall art direction. I have Alan Wake in that one as well. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of just thinking like, which one does it belong more in? But I almost feel more passionate about the technical because I just do think it looks really, really freaking good. And there are more stylized games, I think, to give a shout out to in art direction. I think technical, I always think about it like uh, technicals. Look at them polygons and yeah. direction is like, wow, that's beautiful. That's a piece of art. Right. That's a style. Yeah. That's a you're, mm-hmm. you're doing something. Yeah, for sure. Um, Final Fantasy 16 looks pretty good that seems to look good npcs don't look that great when you're just chatting to people but other than that it looks pretty good yeah icon fights unreal right yeah Yeah. like you're watching an anime at that point so 
almost better is... than an anime. Uh, Joseph, uh, he's uh, like JJK it though. Dep- dep- depends, yeah, it depends. <laughs> I mean, uh, Final Fantasy 16 is super jarring because you start off and I think like very early in the game. Well, I guess I played the demo, so but, like once you pass like that demo segment, you see like the Shiva versus uh, whoever fight, and that is just like one of the Shout craziest like little CGI scenes I've ever seen. So I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And then I go help somebody pick up his hat from the, the garbage can or something. And I'm like, yo, dude, you look like you were from 2008. What is happening that, right now? That's what I was going to say, because I didn't finish Final Fantasy 16. But in my time with the game, I felt like visually there were so many peaks and valleys where like the highs were real high. But there was also some some lows that I think some of these other games we're talking about just didn't have visually speaking. Yeah. If Final Fantasy 16 was a 15 hour experience, I don't think. Ooh. I almost think like Might be the amount of, the of production. <laughs> so good. But like the level of production they would have in a 50, 50 hour game, they put in a 15 hour game and then mm-hmm. everything looks amazing instead of the side quests all looking like yes. you do. Yeah, yes, I agree please, with that. Please. I agree with that. Um, I played some Cyberpunk this year. Pretty game. Mm-hmm. It felt, I don't want to say unremarkable because that feels rude, but like, it didn't stick with me. I haven't been thinking mm. about how good it looks since. Granted, I'm playing on console, so I think PC kind of adds another layer to the fidelity, but it looks Gotta good. Facial PC. animations are solid. Um, the like weapon reloading animations and different things you're doing with your hands. Like I ha- I'm doing a katana build so that mm-hmm. my character's doing all these kind of cool sword moves and stuff. Like it looks very good, but it doesn't like jump out at me in this category. So what it I'm feels like is, uh... Alan Wake, so, too. I'm I'm very good with that. I won't argue against Alan Wake winning any category. <laughs> um, can I be particular about the spite the cyberpunk thing? Are we yeah, calling please. it cyberpunk Phantom Liberty? Are we saying cyberpunk 2.0? Like, sorry, I'm gonna be like very no, no, particular. No. Um, you can call it 2.0. I didn't play Phantom Liberty. I just played the base game, but I did play the like updated version that came out this year. So that's mm-hmm. why I included it. But fair call out. But if we're using that stipulation, like I was playing a game that technically came out in 2020, 2021. Yes. Yeah. But it's one of those rare cases, as you know, that like, I think we all agree here that like it was, this is the realization of the thing that they were trying to do. Totally. And it is such a sea Yeah. And that's why I wanted to give it its flowers because I did really enjoy what I played. I do plan to go back at some point now that I'm not trying to like slam out a million games. <laughs> um, but it, it just didn't resonate with me in the same way that these other games did visually. I felt like the most passionate second argument was Spider-Man with, mm-hmm, with sure. what you were saying, Jacob, do we feel good mm-hmm. about that for our yep. runner up? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, that was not too bad. So best visuals technical we'll give to Alan Wake two with runner-up spider-man 2 and then is there another like really strong case for a second runner-up or are we good with these two because i'm good with these two yeah i'm good with these two i feel like the other ones i kind of lump all together of like these all look very good mm-hmm. unless there's one that jumps out to folks feeling good i think in this other category we might want to do a second runner-up because i think we might have more more to say about some of these so best mm-hmm. visuals art direction our nominees are Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, Pikmin 4, Slay the Princess, Jusant, World of Horror, 
and Planet of Lana. Claire, do you want to kick us off on this one since you have a few, yeah, few no- more nominees? Sure. Um, I'll talk about Planet of Lana and maybe just not two. Um, sure. So Planet of Lana is like pitched as having this like be- these beautiful backdrops and landscapes, like everything looks like it's from a Studio Ghibli movie. Um, the the grass is like really you know green i don't know um it's really pretty it like it's it's like watercolored it's beautiful the the backgrounds with the clouds are really pretty when you get into different environments um the the way the the lighting works within the like underground and cave environments is really cool there's like a swamp environment that's like kind of creepy and the way that they um do the lighting but still have it like look really beautiful and there's just like it's straight vibes all the way through with the art style in planet of lana it's really pretty and then later in the game there are also some really like visually stunning moments um there's a there's a moment when you're crossing the sea and you just you just sit with it for a few minutes um and then there's like kind of like the final boss fight um that's in my best moment uh, nomination but it also is like visually really cool as well so um i think that plan of lana like art direction make it just makes sense it's it's like one of the things about the game and i also thought just was really pretty all the way through i think that the the way the world is built it has so much to do with what makes the game work um and it also like later in the game same thing has a couple of areas that are just like stunning there were there were moments where i just had to stop and like take screenshots and just like i don't want to move on from this area because it is so pretty i just want to sit here mm-hmm. and look at it um and they, they were and the end of the game also like the, the very ending was very visually very cool um so just and planet of lana i think are two really strong ones on here for sure so I've finished Jusant since we last started oh, nice. podcasting about nice. Game of the Year, and I think that I've definitely warmed a little bit to Jusant. Um, it's a game that I'm still sort of lukewarm towards. Um, sorry, but uh, I agree with you, Claire. Like it is, it is artistically beautiful. Just the environments, uh, the the final uh, section. To your point, phenomenal. Um, and so I agree. Big agree on that. third agree on that yeah i the point you made about just like pausing to just look off into the distance i felt like i was really on a hike or a climb you know what i mean i was taking those moments to like take it all in and i think that that's pretty remarkable that a video game kind of invoked that same that feeling yeah with its visuals um i wouldn't mind chatting about sea of stars in this category because man is that game pretty it's they they did the retro jrpg snes style game so well it looks so good um every screen looks impressive the menu ui looks really cool the character models are awesome um the the enemies you're fighting like there's just so much visual variety and i was really impressed with it i know i haven't finished the game entirely i know you did joseph how do you feel about this one and that for this category yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it is just a super gorgeous game. I think that's one of its big highlights. A lot of the set pieces, a lot of the the map, the characters, everything, even the effects. Um, each character has like an ultimate move. Those are cool and gorgeous and reminds me of Golden Sun a lot. Um, so 
Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of hard to talk about, you know, pixel art because it's just kind of like good art, good art. But that is what it is. It's good art. I feel like it's the best pixel art I've seen, at least in the last few years. Or like, I think it's easy to be like, our game's nostalgic, but it's like, their game's just like a warm, nice hug in the best way. Like, it just, it makes you feel it makes me feel like I'm 10 years old sitting cross-legged in front of like a CRT playing a game because of its visuals and tone. So I, I don't want to discredit that, that one at yeah, all. I can agree um, with that a hundred percent. Heck yeah. Um, Jacob, what are you feeling? What's sticking out on this list for you? Uh, I'd love to talk about hi-fi rush yeah. um, because you know, that's a game that we talked about it at shadow dropped. Um, but the thing I think doesn't get talked about enough is just the animation style you know, it's it's not Spider-Verse, but it almost cops a lot of what makes Spider-Verse special, uh, especially in the cutscenes. Uh, and the things that they do with, like, physical comedy, I, I'd heard someone else talking about, you know, uh, scenes where they just um, know how to do comedy well, and it translates incredibly well in, in the cutscenes. I'm doing a poor job at explaining this, but, like, in the cutscenes, the animation's great. And even in the world, how everything around you is, like, moving to the beat of the song um that's the impressive thing about hi-fi rush like the the character models are cool but it's really like the small flair around that just makes this one so special yeah i i'm gonna jump onto that because hi-fi rush is also my number one pick um this game could be a tv show and it could be you know just as good as a lot of the TV shows that I watched back when I was a kid waking up on Saturday mornings. Um, I think that is impressive in its own right to be able to create a IP and like thematically significant art style out of thin air and then have it be so impressive. But like Jacob said, like the way it incorporates into the gameplay, the way they incorporate humor into a lot of the scenes, the way they uh, tie up the, uh, visuals with the rhythm of the world and also the music that's happening at any given time. Uh, I think all of that stuff is super incredible, especially when there's not really a big blueprint to go off of in the rest of gaming. Um, and in addition to that, there are also a couple moments where things kind of switch up where they either go 3D, a little more 3D with the visual style and kind of like break the, you know, break the dimension in a weird way or whatnot, and then switch back to like their 2d style or, or whatever it is um, that I thought was really interesting technically that they played around with and really added an extra level of depth into some of those big cutscene moments where they did stuff like that. So cell shading is very hard. And I yeah. think that they, yes, this is almost the best implementation of cell shading ever. And I we're just sort of like, argue, context, there's an argument yes. there. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, only know Borderlands and Wolf Among Us. I'm going to take so. it back. The boss designs were fantastic. Uh, the character designs, some of them are cool, like the robot who like drew on his face. Um, yeah. But the bosses uh, were all varied, and all one was a was a wrestler. One was secretly very small spoilers for Hi-Fi Rush was secretly a werewolf. Uh, you know, so just very inventive stuff. So good. I think your argument of uh, argument about the tv show angle joseph is really strong in a sense that like this art style is so good that we would just watch it we we mm -hmm. don't need the game necessarily even though we love the game too but it's just like it stands on its own so i think that's a that's a super strong argument 
Um, I'll touch on Liza P real quick because I think I'm the only one that, that played that one. Um, very pretty game. Really cool Victorian meets Pinocchio Disney horror vibes. Um, I think it's really well realized. I think it's one of the most interesting settings for a Souls game or a Souls-like game. Um, it resonated with me the most because while I wanted to love Bloodborne for its aesthetic, I was always really horrified. Whereas Liza P with its like weird mechanical Pinocchio child fairy tale vibe um, really, really engrossed me. And, and I thought it was really, really cool, really, really well done. Um, I think a lot of these other nominees are stronger, but I do think it warrants discussion because I think it is a very, very cool game, very stylistic, very interesting. Can I give two quick hits really fast? Yeah, and I think we'll jump in on the last one that I cover. So first, World of Horror. Sure. Um, I just want to give it a shout out. Um, Powell, who's the um, artist and I guess the the solo dev for the most part on the game, mm-hmm. um, was working on it, on it part-time. He was a dentist and he decided to make a game over a lot of years. All the art is done in MS Paint. All of it. Um, which is incredibly really cool. impressive. So I just wanted to shout out how cool it was based on that. And then something we'll all talk about, I'm sure, um, is Black Tabby Games' Slay the Princess. Yeah. Um, Abby Howard drew all of the characters in pencil, and then they put them in the game that way. Um, so just like an art style that we've not really seen in a lot of games, and that comes from the pencil of, of Abby Howard, which I love. Yeah. Definitely. Literally like individual drawings and things. And if you go and follow their socials, they've done some fun behind the scenes. Like you can see her like sketching table and like the different individual drawings and then like seeing how it culminated um in Slay the Princess is really rad. Yeah, that's really cool. Um I, I want to talk about Alan Wake 2 in the context of this category briefly. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need it to win, but I do feel like from an art direction and style perspective it's insane it's so cool sam lake and team to take the number of ideas they had for this game and make it into this like cohesive intriguing game i just think is it's a masterpiece it's i use that word very sparingly but like it's so cool to see how they jump from live action to cg to different visual mediums and we're talking about a piece of art like this game is truly art there's so many screenshots i have where i could point to interesting things that are happening the choice of environments the way they manipulate those environments and tie it into the narrative like this is the most like comprehensive like vision i've ever seen executed in a single video game i know that sounds really hyperbolic but i just i think this game deserves the praise yeah, to add on to that, I think Alwink has two sides. One is like obviously the more realistic side, and it kind of feels like they they willed history into these locations where it's like, all right, I'm in Resident Evil, I'm in this police station. It's just you know a police station. It's whatever. Like going into every building in Alan Wake, it's like, oh yeah, I could totally believe this building has been around for several decades because it just feels like a building that has been you know, built by somebody's hand and weathered by time and stuff like that. And even going to the amusement park or the retirement home, it all feels so like lived in, which is not something you can really capture all the time in games. And yeah, to the, to the Allen side of things, the way that it is almost like an art piece, uh, like a mental model of Allen himself and the way things shift and, and play around with like perception in that world is 
super, super interesting and exciting from a what are my eyeballs feasting on type of way. So, yeah, I think I'm personally okay with it not getting a nod in this category because I do think we get we shouted it out for technical. And I think a lot of what we're praising can be attributed to like the crazy attention to detail that the game has. So I'm okay with it not hanging. Um, I, I guess the only other one we didn't touch on was Pikmin. It, it's surprisingly pretty and it's just, it's cute. It's nice. Um, I always was delighted by the attention to detail of the like treasures and objects you're picking up within the world and surprisingly visually interesting, cool little game. Feels like every rejected Nintendo enemy from the past 20 years is an enemy in Pikmin 4. But they're just so weird and cool, and it's like, oh, Not how a bad do I thing. F- fight you? Yeah. I, like, there's, yeah, there's just... Slight spoilers for the, like, midway through the game, the, like, discotheque area. The discotheque yeah. area is great. Um, I like discotheque. the... Discotheque. I, th- I think I mentioned this in <laughs> last week's episode when I was talking about... Um, just the overall tone of the game, like it feels like it could have been like a sequel to Pixar's Wally in the best way in terms of tone and like character animation and structure. I love that you get to make your own character and pick weird little hairstyles and colors and things. And it, it it's just wacky and it's fun. I don't think it hangs, but it, it's a cute game. Okay. Just reading the room. I feel a strong passion for Hi-Fi Rush. I feel a strong passion for Sea of Stars and Slay the Princess. And I think Planet Alana as well. Planet Alana is in there as well. Yeah, that's true. So that's four. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we can just whittle it down to three. Yep. Okay. Of my those, horse I... is Hi-Fi Rush. Like as yeah, long as that's on the list, I'm a happy Hi-Fi boy. Rush as well. I think that has the most strong arguments to make it the winner i feel like i think so too yeah the the joseph's cartoon argument of it standing on its own i think for me lock it in um so then we're down to sea of stars slay the princess and planet of lana and we just need to eliminate one i would argue hmm i I was gonna say I, i would argue planet of lana the art direction of that game does a lot of heavy lifting for what that game is. Um, I think the reason that people talk about that game is because of how beautiful it is. Yeah. Um, Okay. And the music is good too, but um, so I would say. Okay. Yeah. The art definitely carries the platforming for sure. (laughs) And I will say like the first time I saw that game, it was like, Oh, head turn. What is this? Like it immediately captivated my attention. I think the, the studio jib, Ghibli comparison is apt because I think it does look that good. So yeah, I'm 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 down with that. Okay. Sea of Stars or Slay the Princess. This is tough because they're both doing the things that they do individually very well. Um Part of me wants to go Slay the Princess just because the level of detail to make individual sketches to then result in what that game is is absolutely wild and deserves to be celebrated but that said sea of stars very very good pixel art and i don't want it to just be oh it's it's a good you know it's another one of those retro games like it's better than that but how how are people feeling i don't want to lead the witness here so 
Joseph, how do you feel? That's fair. I feel like I'm kind of leading the witnesses. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I have not played nearly as much Slay the Princess as I have played of Sea of Stars. Sure. So, I mean, like, I could go either way, to be honest. I, I feel mean, like just I add could them too. Both. Just add them both. Why not? Who's stopping sure. us? It's our, it's our list. That's true. What can no done. done. Sounds like it's done. <laughs> it's done. Let's head into... So we have Best Visuals, Art Direction, going to Hi-Fi Rush with runners-up, Sea of Stars, Slay the Princess, and Planet of Lana. Pretty games are pretty. Look at Let's... that. Between both categories, we have six, average of three. So look at that. That's, a, that's pretty good. We're, we're doing mm-hmm. the thing. Um, let's head into best character performance. Our nominees are Alan Wake from Alan Wake 2, performed by Ilka Vili and Matthew Peretta. We have Saga Anderson from Alan Wake 2, performed by Melanie Libbard. We have Clive Rossfield from Final Fantasy 16, performed by Ben Starr. Peter Parker from Spider-Man 2, Yuri Lowenthal. Miles Morales from Spider-Man 2, Najee Jeter, MJ Watson from Spider-Man 2, Laura Bailey, Nicole Goodnight as the princess in Slay the Princess, Jonathan Sims as the narrator in Slay the Princess, and Sidolphus Toleman, performed by Ralph Innocen from Final Fantasy 16. Yes, late Love edition. It. Love it. That's a good that's a good one. I I, I liked Sid. Um who wants to kick this one off? Have a, have a question. Not sure. a, it's not a question, but like, sure. I, you know, now that we're talking about Hi-Fi Rush, I thought those Hi-Fi Rush voice actors were pretty good. I we don't have to add them on here because uh, I don't know if they would take the cake. But this whole entire year, not many people have been talking about the Hi-Fi voice Rush voice actors, and it's not easy to do a cartoon character voice. All right, so shout out to them. Uh, my actual vote on this, if I'm just looking at the list of my favorite, my personal favorite, Sid was a pretty dang good voice actor. I'll tell you, that's one voice that I still think about to this day. Um, that, I mean, it's kind of a cheat code cause his voice is just so smooth. It just goes down so well. <laughs> this is a good, best voice, <laughs> but he also, I feel like fused the most with his character where I was really buying what he was saying and his goals and his, you know, struggles and when he was happy and having a good time. So uh, I really bonded with Sid, the character in final fantasy 16. And I think it was because of the voice for the most part. Yeah. I think that uh, Ben Starr gets a lot of the attention when we talk about the final fantasy 16 cast, because I mean, his sure. performance, I almost want to say he's, my limited knowledge of Final Fantasy showing, but like he seems like a really great JRPG protagonist. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the fact that this game was written and performed principally in English first for the first time for a Final Fantasy game really goes a, a long way for like native English speakers. Um, mm-hmm. And that like they're, they're talking like humans and it sounds great. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, Sid, Sid just the voice in itself is just. Ralph Innocent just crushes. And I I wonder how effortless it sounded effortless to me, but that's my like unnuanced opinion about voice acting. Yeah. Would you both put him over Ben Starr as Clive? No. Okay. I would. I, but you Cause, would. Because my thing, controversial take, I like Ben Starr, and I didn't finish the game, full disclaimer, but I like Ben Starr more as a person and a personality 
than I loved his performance in comparison to some of these other nominees. It was a wonderful <laughs> performance. And I definitely, to your point, Jacob, I, I do feel like it was really cool to see a Western focus on a historically Japanese based franchise. Like they're what they were going for something different, which I thought was cool. So definitely deserves yeah. the nom. I think it's kind of close. I think the reason I put Sid over is I felt like Sid was a guy who just happened to be in this time period who was trying to accomplish his goals. Whereas I feel like Clive was like very much a GRPG character. Like he sounded like a GRPG character. And I think that is not necessarily the performance, but I think it might've been how some of the lines were written where I was like, okay, Clive is like, you know, Clive is Cliven. Whereas I felt like Sid was like, <laughs> Sid was, he was scheming. He was a real guy in this little TV box that I was looking at doing his okay. little, his little stuff. So I don't want to stick too long on this. We got a lot of no, other no, no. characters I, as well. No, you're, that's all fair and good. Um, I have one last thing on that. Yeah. There's a scene that I will not spoil, but it's in the back third of the game uh, that involves Clive's mother. Um, that I think is as far as like, moments in games which isn't even on the list i think uh but that to <laughs> me is just like an incredibly well acted moment and it's one that i would almost want to see the video of him in the booth because I, I would imagine like a tear rolling down his face as he's like delivering this line but also screaming it was just like a, a moment that i go like that moment was the best delivered moment by a voice actor in the whole game um but maybe there are more solid performances, especially when you think of like the cast of Spider-Man two that I think like sure. you have three powerhouses in there that people don't even really talk about Laura Bailey's performance at all, which is like a, a crime in itself. Yeah, that's a good segue. Let's chat about Spider-Man two a little bit. I think for me, miles with Najee Jeter's performance, that's the strongest of the game to me. I think they're all quite good, but his character was the one that I was like the most excited to always get back to the most excited to, to play as the most excited to see him interact with others. Um, I don't know how y'all feel about those. I feel two. like miles miles is a cheat code, man. Like I like everything <laughs> miles related. So I feel like I really got a cheat code though. It's a damn good performance. I, I, I mean, like saying, even, but... like, I mean, like, even in Spider-Verse, it's like, man, like, I like Spider-Verse Miles and Spider-Man game Miles more than any other Spider-Man just because, like, I just love Miles as a character. Um, but I do I do want to give Yuri some credit because I really, yeah. really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Like, even though I think the writing wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, we were it was Last of Us level writing or anything. But when he was like, like, trash talking miles or whatever talking like you know what is he he's just getting in the way like da 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 and like i was like really feel, i was like okay spider-man i'm really feeling like the 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 suit takeover man like i really yeah. like the juxtaposition between early spider-man and and late spider-man so uh it's hard for me to pick which one was my favorite yeah. but i really did like that those two characters that yuri got to play and to that, too, I feel like Yuri did some interesting things with the symbiote with Venom and didn't just default to like, we're going to get weird and I'm going to be an asshole. Like it was like, no, he had some more nuance to the performance, which as a longtime comic book fan, I definitely appreciated. To your previous point, though, Jacob, about MJ, 
I think Laura Bailey was really solid. I don't know if y'all felt this, felt this way, but I felt a weird uncanny valley with her facial animations. Like at, at MJ, I thought her character model just looked kind of wonky. And in comparison to the other characters, anytime she was on screen, I like couldn't shake that feeling. That's not in reference to the performance. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be nitpicky on that one. It just... I feel it, like it a lot of the face models were kind of like that. I mean, Miles, yeah. once again, A plus, A plus face my, uh, my right. But like Spider Man was kind of like off. The yeah, thickest Peter was of a little necks. bit off. Harry was. I'm good. still never not going to be Harry upset about them good. changing the character model from what 2018 Spider Man Peter looked like because it just looked so much more normal. He looked. Odd choices. It was a better model. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Anyways. that's a separate podcast. Separate, yeah. Separate yeah. Yeah. Naji Jeter like has been now playing Miles Morales for two properties. So Naji uh, played uh, Miles Morales in the like 2017 to 2020 cartoon, and yep. so that's why he was brought in to play Miles. And I think oh, cool. he just does oh, it. He just does it so well. Do you want yeah, that's awesome. more fun facts? So in sure, that yeah. same cartoon, Laura Bailey plays Gwen Stacy, not oh, um, MJ. That's interesting. And then guess who voices Spider Man Peter Parker in that cartoon? The voice of Chai from Hi Fi Rush. Oh no way! Huh. Wow, yeah. that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, like Robbie that. Robbie uh, Damon plays okay. Peter Parker in that cartoon and Good plays Chai. He's Very also nice. a main voice cast uh, actor in Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, Joseph, oh, cool. but this is not an anime podcast. Very cool. Okay, okay. Um, Claire, do you want to chat a little bit about? I think Jacob put the Slay the Princess actors on the list, but I know you played quite a bit of the the demo and are familiar with those ones you want to jump in sure because i don't have anything on the list um (laughs) you're good (laughs) i didn't add anything to the list at least um i think that just both of the voice actors on the list here from slay the princess nicole goodnight and jonathan sims like such range yeah i think jonathan sims totally sells the like narrator with an agenda um at least from what i played and it's like there's like subtlety in his line delivery that like kind of sells the game um at least once again just played the demo like 15 times um and then the princess just like range such range jacob you want to say more since you played the actual game yeah i I think with it look i don't i don't want to spoil the game um but uh nicole goodnight and jonathan sims have to play multiple versions of the same character with a lot of nuance in their performances and i i i definitely needed to shout out them because to me slay the princess is three things it is abby howard's art um it is the central concept of the game and how you play it which i won't spoil and then the voice performances by nicole and jonathan so um I don't know if they need to win this category, but I think Slay the Princess is a lesser game without them. That's fair. I think they're both very strong as well. And I think in terms of like, when we're talking about performance, like single performances, the fact that they're playing multiple iterations of the same character, I think is really remarkable. Um, I'll briefly touch on Alan Wake 2, and then I have a business proposal for everybody. (laughs) What if we pick one character from each of these games because we essentially Ooh. are working with four games here what if we that's, just narrow it down like to that. one and we call that's that cool. okay that's cool I, um so let me chat about alan wake 2 um feel free to give me the hook tell me to stop because i will just keep talking about alan wake 2 as evident on our spoiler cast that we did um but both 
the live action and the vocal performances for all of these characters. I can't overstate how incredible these all are in terms of versatility and to the point of like playing multiple roles and things like Ilka has had to play so many different iterations of Alan in live action. Matthew Peretta did the voice and for those that have played the game, it really goes places. There is such range. I would say the same thing for, for Melanie as saga. Um, I think having to jump between being a live action actor and and on a film set to then being in a voice booth, I think requires incredible range. And I think that game showcased their skill set in a really, really remarkable way. So I think we'd be remiss to not have one of them on the list. Um, It's really tough for me to decide between the two because I think the game, they're both so integral to that story. Um, I would probably lean towards Ilka and Matthew as Alan, just because central character, thematic structure, multiple versions of the same kind of identity throughout. Um, but Melanie is very, very good as well. Yeah, I would I would lean towards Alan as well, although I did love Saga Anderson. Yeah. One of my favorite one of my favorite characters, man. And I, I think we talked about seeing her in person in the crowd at the game awards. It was just like, oh my god, so she trippy. looks exactly like it's so cool. So trippy, yeah. Yeah. Isn't the whole thing about Saga is that like she calls out like tortured artist bullshit? She's like the I would call her the voice of reason. You know what I mean? The most grounded character in this game, which like she's very essential to the player perspective for that reason. So Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to pick between the two, because like I was saying, they are really important to the game. But um, I think um, I mean, I guess I can this isn't even spoilers for you, Jacob, because you've seen the Game Awards performance. But there's a musical number in the game. And the fact that like Matthew Peretta sings and Ilka dances and there's just, there's a lot of range to those two that I, I think the world was not prepared for. And that we were all Very totally true. caught off guard by, Very by true. that. So I will shout that out. Okay. So let's see here. What, so do we want to stick with my, my idea of one character per game? Yeah. To Correct. keep it, keep it simple. Okay. Um, it seems do we let's just go down the line. So for Final Fantasy, who is our one character? I know Joseph I feel like you said I'm gonna Sid. Lose here. I did say Sid. I feel like it's Sid because you guys are like <laughs> in Ralph Ennis's corner here. I really like his voice, but I'm almost wondering like, is it that I like his voice more than you know what I mean? But I, I think they're both good. So I'll error on both of you since you finished the game. Wait, no, you're the tiebreaker. You're the you're tiebreaker. The tie oh. You have to break the tie. Because I'm Ben yeah, Starr and he's Sid. Ralph Innocent. I'll go okay. Sid. Let's go. I think between, if you need me to break the tie. Jacob will remember this. He's finally <laughs> winning an award. <laughs> oh, I got it. Yeah, do you guys want to go to Alan Wake? It sounds like Alan Wake sure. is the one. Give it to Alan, yeah. I think we said Alan, yeah. Honorable mention to, to Saga. For uh, sure. Naji Jeter for Spider-Man? That's where I'd go, but... I'll, you guys did make a very solid case for Yuri, so I wouldn't be opposed Wait, to that if you who felt did you stronger. Vote for Jacob, uh, Naji Jeter. Okay, I think I'd say that, that there is as well, but I don't think it's there's a wrong answer. No, there's I mean, a lot of Peter the... Parkers, um, but to me, like Naji has become <clears throat> almost the quintessential Miles across media. 
Mm-hmm. Even against uh, what's his name? The other one uh, who plays him in Spider Verse. Yeah. Um, nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. That's pretty good. Classic. That's pretty good. Classic <laughs> <line>. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So then we're in. looking at Slay the Princess. Uh, yeah, I'll Shameek abstain. Moore. Shameek Moore. There we go. I'll abstain oh, for from the... Slay the Princess. I, like, <laughs> I uh, based on my like four hours with the game, I'd go Jonathan Sims. But since you finished it, too. Jacob. Okay. There we go. I just Lock think a narrator is historically such a, you know, boilerplate blank slate, but I think mm-hmm. he does so much with it. And I don't think that game works without his performance. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Our winners for best character performance go to Ilka Vili and Matthew Peretta from Alan Wake 2, Najee Jeter from My- as Miles Morales in Spider-Man 2, Jonathan Sims as the narrator in Slay the Princess, and Ralph Innocent as Sidolphus Telemon from Final Fantasy 16. Forgive me if I mispronounced any of those names. I tried my best. You can just say Sid. It's Sid. I'm pretty sure I crushed Sidolphus. I don't know about his last <laughs> <You did>. name. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to our second to last category, the penultimate round. We have Best Narrative. Our nominees are Alan Wake 2, Slay the Princess, Venba, Spider-Man 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Jusant, and Final Fantasy 16. Dear God, if these games couldn't be more different <laughs> <laughs> for for different reasons. Um, Claire, why don't you kick us off with this one? You've touched a slew of these, of, sure. of these games. Um, I did not add a game to this category. Um, but of the games I've played enough of to speak to, um, I think that Venba's narrative is so important and so well done. And I just love games where you get the narrative through the action that you're doing and through the environment. Um, and it's not like um, it's not like you experience it the way you would experience a narrative in any other medium. And I think that Venba does that really well. Um, so you're not just getting, you know, shown the characters and their lives like it's a movie um you're not just reading it like it's a book you are interacting with the world through the cookbooks um through you know the different text messages and you're just living in um this character's reality um both characters realities for a small moment um to just understand that their perspective and i think that it's really beautiful and it's really um well done and it is fun and, and engaging and entertaining. It's all the things that it needs to be. Um, so I really love Venba's narrative. Um, I can also speak to Jassant a little bit, um, which is one of those games where the narrative is like entirely environmental. Um, there's no dialogue in the game. Um, so you are just uncovering... It's, it's one of those things, you know, my, my weird little niche where I like things where you uncover what happened before you were there through notes and things um, and cave paintings and stuff. Um, and that's what Desant is. And I think that it's really easy to miss the narrative if you don't pick up the notes. And I mean, I missed a ton of notes, so I missed a ton of narrative. Um, it'd be really cool to see what each note was. And there's a couple different like threads. Um, it's also really interesting because 
what had happened was as the Jassant happened in the past and the water level went down, um, people descended to after it, but you are ascending the tower. So you're kind of getting some of these notes in reverse. Like you are reading notes first early in the game that were written way later than the notes you read at the end of the game. So you're kind of experiencing what the people experienced backwards on, um, which is really cool also. Um, and then there's, there's one character's journey that you follow who was also ascending the tower and um, like long before you did. Um, so you get to, you get to follow their journey too. And that is really cool. However, I don't think that it hangs. I think it's cool. I think it's really cool, but I would say Venba over Jassant and I'd, imagine it will probably go to another game in this category i think that's fair i i enjoyed jusant's narrative quite a bit and i did find it interesting but i just think because of the um i don't want to judge it on the amount because i think it's intentionally like minimalist in terms of narrative structure but i do feel more passionately about some of these others but yeah. i do think it's very good and i think venba just in terms of what it does for representation i think is really powerful because a also, perspective we don't see very often. Totally, in, in totally. Games. And on the on the cry meter, I cried twice, yeah. <laughs> and it's a very emotional game, and it's beautiful. And I think it's like you said, it's important, which I think is is really worth noting. Um, Joseph, you haven't really gotten a chance to talk about Baldur's Gate. I feel like we should give you the floor <laughs> to tell us why you love this game. And I'm sorry uh, I didn't play it before this podcast, but I'm excited. I mean, Baldur's Gate. It's an all right game, you know, it's an all oh right my game, God. but does it have the best narrative? Let me tell you, there's a strong case for that. There's a strong <laughs> there case it is. because the crazy thing about it is even though the game spider webs so much where, you know, I can go a completely and when I say completely, I mean completely different path than somebody else that played it, meaning that I hate the goblins that are in the first you know hour two hours of the game uh or not hate but like these are the bad guys so i'm gonna you know wipe them out or like take them down so that the prisoners are saved or something somebody else could completely do the opposite and they could side with the goblins and the goblins could wipe out all the prisoners and one of the main camps you find in the beginning of the game and Baldur's Gate three takes that into account and they give you a completely different cutscene depending on which decision you make and it's fully animated and it's it furthers the plot deeply it's just different characters giving you the information and the way that this game continues to do this and continues to keep me invested in the overall story despite all the random decisions that i'm making that are seemingly huge decisions that could you know transform the game greatly is pretty unbelievable um and i think one of my best examples of this is one of my favorite moments in a game so far this year or last year i guess was <laughs> i have these two characters in my party they clearly hate each other uh just because of their their backgrounds and what they know about each other's factions and I don't care because they both have abilities that I need in my group to survive this gameplay. So I'm like, all right, you guys are just going to ride with me and I'm cool with both of you. So you guys have to work it out. Well, uh, to rest up and get more magic slots or abilities or whatever in the game, you have to do this little thing called a long rest at camp. And usually you just rest. You see a small little cutscene uh, of everybody sleeping and you wake up the next morning. 
Uh, well, I went on a long rest one night and I wake up in the middle of the night to see one of those characters has a knife to the other character's neck. And they're like, hey, look, this person is evil. Like, I can't like deal with them anymore. And we're going to settle this right now. And basically you do a role to decide if you can persuade them to calm down. And luckily I rolled and succeeded and I was able to um, like diffuse the situation, but it very much seemed like one of my main companions was going to die in that moment. And the fact that I was able to roll and save them just made me feel so much closer to these characters and be like, see guys, we got through this controversy. And that was a big moment in our, in our lore together as a team. So man, there are a lot more of those moments that I could talk about just so far. Uh, awesome. And I say just so far, I spent like 60 hours into the game. <laughs> so far, but like, There are so many more of those moments. So, man, I love it. I love your passion and I'm definitely ready to include this. Um, it, it sounds awesome and it's something I want to play at some point. But historically, it's just never been my genre. But it really sounds good super game, impressive. I want to ask one question about it that i have been sure. wondering so you mentioned the dice roll aspect of the game does it sure. ever feel frustrating that there's kind of a chance-based element to some of these decisions you're making in terms of a narrative perspective does that like take For away me, from it or is the like risk reward so cool that you don't know exactly how it's going to play out for me it's the latter um i okay. think that having like a bit of the game end up in fate is is fun because it's like in a real life scenario if i'm trying to talk jacob off the ledge from doing something crazy or whatever there's no guarantee that what i'm saying is going to get through sure. him and that's kind of how i see it in this game where like there was a character that was doing something that could have led to her death and i'm rolling and like it's a 30 i have to hit a 30 and hitting a 20 is hard, guys. And yeah. you can get like bonuses and stuff. But I'm like, I'm rolling and I'm failing every single roll. And I'm like, oh, no. And they give me a lot of chances. I fail every single roll. And ultimately, she survived. Everything was good. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was that kind of that failure that kind of got the adrenaline pumping and, and made me excited to see what was going to happen next. So I think For it sure. adds. Doesn't, okay. doesn't distract. You can also save nice. scum if you wanted to. So Sure. Okay. <laughs> I have one comment. I yeah. appreciate that this category is best narrative instead of best story um, sure. because then it takes into account the emergent gameplay and the emergent story that like Joseph would go through. Um, I've not played Baldur's Gate, but from everyone that's played it and yourself included, Joseph, like it just seems so, so, so dope. Um, and the it's really like it's all stories. So like, yeah. does it win just because like the, the possibilities are truly almost limitless now what i'll say is i never intended for this category to win because i know you guys have not played it so i just wanted to speak my piece uh and which is why we've talked a lot about Baldur's gate i am very conflicted between this and honestly i probably would give it to Baldur's gate but alan wake 2 is also yeah. like not even runner up it's like very i could be very convinced to put that as number one as well okay well so. let me convince you here we go no. <laughs> there, you well, go. Question. there you go spoilers yeah. here or spoilers in best moment because i would love to for one of them let y'all go and take the headphones off i feel like you can talk about 
best I think I can spoilers I think I can talk about best narrative without spoilers I think best moment yeah we'll need to do a little headphone off um because I think it's one of those where the folks that have played it know what we're, we're talking about here but I'll just say that I will really defer to you Joseph on this one in terms of the Alan Wake versus Baldur's Gate argument obviously Alan Wake is my pick for this category but I haven't touched Baldur's Gate so that is what it is but um I do think to your point about emergent gameplay, there is something to be said for the fact that I think it was Janet Garcia mentioned this on a game of the year podcast that I was listening to, where she said that the little moments are written so well that it elevates the game in such a way where I definitely think from what I've heard about Baldur's Gate, like the fact that she can have an amazing conversation with a squirrel that no one else will have. Like that's pretty cool. So I just wanted to shout that out. Um, But let's talk about Alan Wake too. Dear God, what a game. Um, I'm going to get really hyperbolic. I really love this game. Um, it's it's really, really something special. I said this on our spoiler cast, but I'll say it again, that this game could have so easily been too highfalutin, too trying to be art film, too pretentious, but it's just not. It's, it's so well written. It's so interesting the base premise of a murder mystery by itself is an intriguing setup, but they do so much more with it. They take it in a million different directions. They created this expanded universe across all of their games with remedy. That's compelling in and of itself to the point where over the holiday break, I went and bought all of the max Payne games so that I can play max Payne and quantum break and then replay Alan Wake 1 and 2 and Control and the DLC. Like, I am so invested in what they're doing in a way that I think is very difficult to build a compelling universe where there are more questions than answers, but I find that satisfying. And the moment-to-moment narrative is what kept me pulling through in this game. I think the combat is serviceable, but it was the story that kept me coming back and... I think the the pairing of Saga and Alan is so cool in the sense that it keeps things grounded with Saga, but gets crazy and weird and wild and unexpected with Alan in ways that play off each other really, really well. I can't say enough good things about this game. Um, I don't think the narrative itself can be overhyped. Maybe the gameplay doesn't resonate with a given individual, but the story itself is so freaking cool. Yeah, uh, to add on to that... I- I am very, very critical about writing in video games. Like there are very few games where I actually enjoy the writing start to finish. Uh, And Alan Wake is Alan Wake two is one of those games. Um, I think remedy has this like weird knack for writing characters that are inherently uncanny. Like the way they kind of talk in some cases is uncanny, but because of the world they build around these characters, you kind of give it a pass and you're like, okay, these characters are weird just because there are so many weird things going on. And I think that's kind of like the Twin Peaks kind of effect or whatever it may be. But there are so many moments in this game where the, I don't know, like the extracurricular stuff that's happening around your characters enhances what you're experiencing so much more. Um similar to control you're finding all these different files where you're like oh this is redacted that's redacted that makes me more interested in what's going on and alan wake you're finding like the manuscript pages that are defining what's happening in real life uh and also man like just i'm not going to spoil it but from the beginning of the game once you get into the town 
you start, you can tune into this radio show and you listen to this radio show throughout the game. And you're just like, what the, f- what the fuck is happening? Sorry. Do we curse? On- I don't even remember if we curse on this. Yeah, show we anymore. do. Yeah. We curse, baby. We're just like, <laughs> you're just like, you're like, what is happening? Every time you listen to the show, you get more information. You're like, yo, this is weird as hell. What, what, what I'm listening to right now. And people could just not listen to that radio show and they'd still get a pretty similar experience, but it just enhances things so much. And then the way it ties into the remedy verse chef's kiss, obviously, um, and the metaphors and all that stuff. Unbelievable. I can't overemphasize that. Like we did a two hour spoiler cast and I think we all could have easily gone for two more hours and had a wonderful time had so much to say it was a delightful conversation but um yeah such a good game um jacob do you want to talk about final fantasy slash other picks yeah i was gonna run through the rest of the picks uh, because i actually don't think they they stand compared to some of the others that we've already talked about so final fantasy 16 i think builds a really great world and i know that y'all have played it too Uh, so feel so feel free to add on the game of thrones comparisons are um, are apt and i think the active time lore uh, is a mechanic that we've not talked about that i think is something that i want to see more games do where at any point you can hit the touchpad and it basically brings up an encyclopedia that says like hey whoever's on screen almost think of it like um a uh, prime video x-ray yeah I was where just you can just like yep. hey this character it's very helpful here's the story. oh incredibly helpful and even when you speak to sort of uh, you know someone on your ship can share the history of all the battles that have happened throughout your your gameplay that don't necessarily like directly affect Clive in, in every respect is just like, Mwah. but I think that the game loses in the back third when they sort of abandon this story for something else. Um, I think it's good. Uh, it had the potential to be great, um, but I think that there are better picks here. Uh, Slay the Princess, I think does a really cool thing uh, that I don't want to talk about. I just think you should go play Slay the Princess. Um, mm-hmm. And what's neat is that like a few other games, like um, uh, what's the that narrative game where you're going through an office, not the beginner's Stanley guide. Stanley Parable. Stanley Parable. Thank mm. you. Where like you take your playthrough as your playthrough and like no one will be able to take that from you. And sure. Can you go through and play 25 hours of Slay the Princess and uncover every single thing? Yes, but I was almost encourage people to just like play it once and then talk to a bunch of people who have played Slay the Princess because then you can kind of pull out different, um, you know, story threads. Um, and then Spider Man 2, and I think this is where everybody jumps in. Um, good Spider Man story with some really wild moments, but it's a Spider Man story. I think the one thing I'll say to Spider-Man 2 is it defied my expectations. Like, mm-hmm. I think I knew what I thought that game was going to be. And there were moments that, without spoiling specific things, just because we've talked about it other places, but, like, there are unexpected character deaths. There are stakes at play. And the game goes in a much darker direction than I expected it would Mm -hmm. um and i think it it sets up future games in a big way that makes me really excited to see where they end up going but i think this is kind of the like infinity war to end game like we need that third part to really assess like the story as a whole if that makes sense it does so i feel like these other picks we're talking about feel more um standalone 
whereas that feels like an interesting part in a mm -hmm. ongoing arc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like it boils down to Alan Wake 2 versus Baldur's Gate. Or maybe Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate? At this point, like I'm, I'm not super concerned with like this wins over this. Like I think everything we've shouted out is a winner in my book. So, I you guys have basically to, said Alan Wake Two is a great piece of media, not just games. That's what I'm hearing. Is like it almost it transcends is. game stories. It transcends. If if Alan Wake was told in a true detective style TV show. I think it would still work. I think there are playable elements that like add to the, the sense of place, but like narratively speaking, it's very good. How, how are we feeling, Joseph? You're, I, I defer to I you because you've put 60 hours into Baldur's Gate. So I f you're the, I mean, I'm fine with giving it to Alan Wake too. I loved both of them. So, uh, I mean, my pick would be Baldur's Gate three. But I also really like Alan Wake 2, which you've also played. Uh, so I wouldn't mind giving it to Alan Wake 2. Do we have two winners and no runners up? <laughs> I, mean, I mean... Or we can also have some runners up and two winners. There are no rules here. Claire, We're where's making your head at? Show. Yeah. Or, yeah, go ahead. I am just along for the ride at this point. Because I don't well, you think can I've, kind I of be the passion of the read. Hitters. What are you reading in the room? What am I, Let's oh, what team am I up for Venba. Emba's really good too. I love runner Emba. up. Yeah. Emba's a great runner. I up. think Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate could win because maybe if we had all played it, we would also be championing it too. And then Claire, I will say, and I don't I'm not trying to sway you, but this probably will sway you. Your favorite TV show is Fringe. You love things like the X Files. If you sat down and played Alan Wake 2. I think you would feel as strongly about it as we do. I believe you. It's scary. That's the reason I don't <laughs> No, that's it. fair. That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. That's a good reason. It is, good it reason. is scary. It is quite scary. All right. So now I mean, we're just talking about runner. Let me, let me put this out there. How do we feel okay. about Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3 as our winners? Yep. Venba as our runner-up. Love it. Yeah. Sounds great. I mean, let's great. go for it. There are two oh. games this year that made me cry, and Venba is one of them. Oh, Agreed. Final Fantasy with the Torgal. Yeah, with Torgal. I think if it helps, I think I cried during Alan Wake, not because of like a specific. Well, no, there was a specific moment. I cried tears of joy in Alan Wake. I was just like, "This is so fucking cool. <laughs> this is the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen." Um, are we going to get to it in the next yeah, category? Yeah, we are going to get to it in the next category. So for best narrative, our winners are Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate 3 with runner-up going to Venba. Love that. That's awesome. All right, next up. Here we go, everybody. Strap in. We have best moment. This could be story-based or otherwise. Spoiler warnings for listeners ahead. So we'll we'll dance around it where we can, but we'll have... It's game of the year. If you want to hear about these ones, you're probably going to hear a few spoilers. So our nominees are We Sing and Alan Wake 2, The Summoning and Alan Wake 2, Deerfest and Alan Wake 2. You can see a theme here when I was writing this list. Um, <laughs> the Sandman fight from Spider-Man 2. Spoiler-filled moment from Alan Wake 2. Can, can, we, can, can we confirm what this is? Because I think I know what it is. Is it I symbiote related? That. Is it symbiote related? I think you wrote that. I wrote that? I think you wrote that. Oh. 
It is has it, to be. Is it the I moment? Mystery moment? Cla- Claire it knows it because I've talked about it, but I was, spoiler warning, I was talking about if I wrote Oh, okay. Yeah. Dang, you um, did not, I, I don't know if about... you gave enough time for that, yeah. <laughs> for that spoiler moment. <laughs> spoiler warning. Why don't, why don't I bleep that one out? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about we, spoiler was... warning for real, we are going to talk about two moments from Spider-Man 2 really quickly. Uh, sure. Move ahead 20 seconds if you don't want to hear them. Uh, I'll, I'll put a timestamp when we're out of Spider-Man 2 spoilers. Sorry, y'all. And I will bleep out the other one. Uh, Raven's death. (laughs) Yes. Or when you control Venom. That's a good one, too. I feel like that's all kind of one moment to me. Because it it leads up to that. What if it's just that, like, chapter or that, like, section? Because it ends with the Craven stuff. But I think... To, to the point of playing, that was a get hype moment of like, oh my god, we're going to play as Venom right now. And it was as fun as you could have ever hoped it would be. Um, so, yes. yeah, well, now I feel bad. I hope I didn't. Well, I no, haven't no. put out the episode can, yet, so we yeah, haven't can, ruined anybody. And you've all beat it. And Claire, I already, I told you about that, right? Or we didn't talk about that. Uh, no, but I'm also fine knowing. Yeah, that's kind of okay. Going, I'm enough. going to play it eventually. Not within the reasonable time frame. No, that's fair. Um, okay, and why don't we talk about the next two? I, I haven't read the entire list yet. Yeah, read the I, whole list. But um, but we I did say we'll timestamp after we talk about the Spider-Man spoilers, so maybe it's worth just clarifying what they are. Yeah. And um, so the Cletus Cassidy stuff, that is the carnage yes. stuff with the, the fire. Yes. And you get... Um, yuri not the voice actor but the character yuri Mm -hmm. um and then spider bot ending is where we get the cool spider verse reference multiverse yes allude from which was very cool considering it was a side quest but we can get to that more specifically um and end of spider-man spoilers i think from there and then i'll continue reading the list so then we have fully upgrading your boat and dredge great story moment (laughs) um finishing part 32 of psych odyssey the multi-level dive and cocoon first icon fight in final fantasy 16 um kupka's hands in final fantasy 16 bahamut fight yep in final fantasy 16 um annabelle rosfield versus clive in final fantasy 16 the voices and slay the princess fully reclaiming an area until terra nil and the final boss in Planet of Lana, honorable mention to Crossing the Sea in Planet of Lana, and then also the cave and the final chapter in Jusant. Can okay. I make a suggestion? Yes. I have to use the washroom. Do you guys want sure. to do the Alan Wake 2 thing now? Yeah, that seems like a good, sure. good okay. thing. My headphones are coming off. All right, his headphones are coming off. Um, you call me when you're done. Let's just be completely honest. Let's call it spade to spade, Joseph. We Sing is winning yeah. this category. It, are, are we gonna pretend I, it's not do you have another one to add you? that you're gonna throw a wrench uh i mean actually let me look at all these categories because this I, is do you have I, a Baldur's gate moment that you want to throw in here Baldur's gate moment i i feel like i don't i haven't gotten to i got to some good Baldur's gate moments but none mm-hmm. that i would say you know okay beat this it's also such um, a unique experience that it's hard to like yeah way a singular moment specific to you once i beat the game it'll be bit be easier to look back on sure i i'll give it to i'm close to we sing 
I also like the, uh, it's not on here, but like the hotel moment where like basically, you know, you go into that room and then the darkness or whatever is coming after you. I love that moment. We the, sing the talk show section in the opening is also very good too because it kind of sets the tone for like the opening there's a million moments we could pick from alan yes too. Um, we sing is great yeah we sing is great and i'll give I a put big the butt summoning here. or sorry go ahead i'll give a big butt for we sing okay i feel like unfortunately for me i was exposed to we sing oh uh, no was it spoiled not i wasn't it or wasn't like you spoiled. knew something I knew it was coming and it was just so overhyped to me that whenever I get in my own head about how hyped a moment mm-hmm. is going to be, it never actually lives out. So I enjoyed We Sing and the song okay. still lives on, uh, you know, months after I've actually played the game. Sure. But I feel like in the moment, I was still just kind of like waiting to see what else was going to happen. And this happened to me with Ashtray Maze too. The sure. freaking games media, social media has done this to me <laughs> twice in a row with these games. So I'm like, it didn't hit me as hard in the moment. And, but I still think when you look at it and you deconstruct it as a moment in a game, it's hard to argue that that's not the best moment. The only thing that I could possibly uh, compare it to would be maybe one of like the, the, either the Bahamut fight in, in Final Fantasy 16, or maybe like, you know, the first moment you turn into an icon in Final Fantasy 16. Um, And if we're going completely off games, if we're giving an award to Psych Odyssey, well, let me tell you, that is still one of the best pieces of media I consumed last year. That's a whole I'm different discussion. You. We can I'm talk about you. that when Jacob comes back. But I do think, I do think, we sing out of all the Alan Wake moments is like far and away the best one, holistically. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly shout out the other two moments just so I can. Yes, we can get Jacob back on. Um, I put the summoning, which is the section where you're playing as Saga and Old Gods of Asgard is playing at Cauldron Lake and the gameplay gets crazy. I think it's probably the strongest gameplay moment in the game for me. If That was when the combat was firing on all cylinders. You have like basically unlimited ammo. You're firing flares everywhere. Very cool. Um, Deerfest was a very unexpected moment. Very surreal. Very cool way to wrap up the I game. I love Deerfest. Um, yeah. We Sing stands the highest for me because... I didn't have anything spoiled other than at some point in the first third of the game, you do a really cool chapter as Alan. I had no idea it was musical. I had no idea gameplay was going to be involved. The pacing really surprised me. Just the level of production commitment to the bit, to the the quality of the song, like (laughs) the whole thing was visually stunning. Like it's something I will never forget in gaming. And like, it's something that I still think about. Like, I just can't Mm -hmm. forget that moment. Okay. I think you're good to trying to visually signal Jacob that he's good to come back. So Hello. yeah, like welcome just, back. Just before before we move on, I, I did want to sure. say that uh, the the final moment at Alan Wake where you take the donut and then you no, I'm just I'm just playing. I'm just playing, Jacob. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It's a joke. A little joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game I own and a game I want to play, but you know, time. yeah, yeah, no, and it's it's one that's. I had zero things spoiled for me about this game. And I'm so thankful of that, that I knew absolutely nothing going in, but um, yeah, essentially very strong um, nominee. I would say with the, we sing chapter specifically, Um, I would also offer the same concession that we did for um, 
character performance of maybe we could represent a couple games here because we have quite a diverse selection of things. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, that is true. I'm going to cross off some things as we're discussing just for the sake of keeping track of what we've talked about and what we haven't. Do you all want to chat a little bit about the Final Fantasy stuff? Would love to. Which So if you had to choose, I'm just curious, out of these what four moments... Which one are you choosing, Jacob? Yeah, so I think spoilers for Final Fantasy 16. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, I think the Bahamut fight is actually, pardon my French, fucking crazy. You go to space and fight a fucking dragon, right? So that in itself is like a crazy moment gameplay. Um, but I think the character performance of Clive in the moment with Annabelle Rossfield, where um, I guess your half brother goes is is goes crazy and uh, causes Christian Lesage to go crazy, and then after the fight, you have a confrontation with your mother, which ends up ending in her own demise, and like just the the acting by Ben Starr. Uh, who should have won best moment or best acting, whatever in the last category. I'm still mad about it. Uh, but that to me was like the best character moment. So really it's like, and, and I mean, Koopka's hands was crazy. Like when they just, just get sliced off. That doesn't, Out of didn't context, seem like... that's such a funny moment. Koopka's title. hands. Yeah. Koopka's hands. Great hands. Yeah. You got bronze hands now. Uh, and then the first icon fight is just like, you know, it's in the demo. You can play Classic. it for free. Classic. I got to that moment and that was very cool. That was yeah. like where I got the reference of like, yep, this does feel very anime. This the scale of this is really cool. Mm-hmm. The cutscene production, like it, that was a hype moment for sure. I, I I almost like the Bahamut fight is almost the best fight and makes the last two fights in the game sort of disappointing. Um, mm, I would agree. I would agree. So look, I'll go Bahamut fight. Okay. For of I, the would, Final Fantasy stuff, <clears throat> yeah, that'd be my vote too. I did like the moment with uh, Annabella and Clive. Uh, I don't quite remember the performance, but that is because I was confused as shit. All right, like that. Just to put put some context here, like obviously Annabella versus Clive. There's a big confrontation that has been building up from from the demo. If you play the demo, you're like, okay, yep. like they're setting up something here. So I was like ready for that. But also in the meantime, there was this huge plot twist yep. where I was like, I don't I'm trying to put into my head how this even makes sense. Uh, and I literally can't. I was just so confused. I'm like, I'm like, so this person was bad all along. But was he always bad from the very beginning or was he possessed? I don't think it was possessed because this person that I'm talking about just dissipates into the ether, just dissipates. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, does this person not really exist? Is he a fake person? Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? And then, you know, then they confront Annabella. Uh, and I was like, dang, this is great. But uh, does she know about what just happened in that scene? <laughs> like, cause I'm just so confused. Uh, anyways, there's on. a lot with Ultima that, and that's the thing that I alluded to previously that I think, yes. you know, making this JRPG about killing God is sort of disappointing when like, yo, that's the thing that happens in all JRPGs. Like eventually <laughs> you fight fucking God. Um, yeah. But uh, <sighs> I wish the game could have just ended after Bahamut. <laughs> that would have been sick, man. That yeah. would have been sick. 
Very fair. Spoilers um, finished for Final Fantasy sp- Spoilers finished. Claire, do you want to chat about Tara Nell, Plane of Lana, Jusant? I'm sure. No spoilers needed for Terra Nil. It's just the <laughs> gameplay loop. Um, when you fully complete an area and it you're it's just completely green in the wildlife and then it just like plays the music while it gently pans across the environment that you've created and you can stay there as long as you want. That's that's cathartic. That's really cool. I think I talked about that one on the last one. Um spoilers for Planet of Lana, if you care about oh, that. Oh. Wait, I thought Joseph played it. I'll I'll stay on the mic just so someone Wait, is here I didn't to talk to you. I didn't finish it. Okay. I haven't finished it either, but I I want someone to be here to hear what you're saying. Um, the moment in Planet of Lana where you are taking down the mothership and <laughs> audio listeners, and is falling and for Jacob's you're like dodging ceiling. the light as it pulsates, which is like visually so cool. Um. And then, and once again, like this is a, this is a small game. This is an indie game, so like obviously not on the same scale as Final Fantasy sixteen, but that's just the way it is with video games, um, and all media, I guess. Um, it's so cool. How, well, there's also the heartfelt moment of the like, is Mui dead? And then he's not. Um, and then um, is he? <laughs> and then take like first of all when you like realize what's really going on with the mothership and then like the way that music interplays with all of it and then you you take it down and you rescue all the people um it's just it's really cool so um that and then honorable mention to crossing the sea is that's the moment i referenced earlier with the right. like bespoke song where you're just literally sailing on your boat across the sea and you just listen to the music and it's a really it's like in um life is strange true colors how you just have those moments where you just sat and listened to the music while nature existed um it's really cool uh doesn't hang i don't think but that that final boss fight for an i think if we had like a indie game section that would win that so end spoilers for planet of lana jusant jusant um spoilers very cool last chapter i don't think we need spoilers The, the last chapter was yeah. It did a lot of cool visual things yeah. symbolically mm-hmm. of like the narrative up until that point. It was really cool. I think it was like the best execution. It really did the like gameplay bring mechanics. all the narrative elements yeah. together in yep. a really cool way. Um, and Real it was pretty. visually really pretty. And the Climbing cave... up the slate is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And how it like lights up. And, and when you have yeah. the moment of like looking up like, oh, I have to climb that. And that it's like kind of a cool puzzle in and of itself. Yeah. I thought was really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. And writing on the light spoilers for Jacent, writing on the ballast is really cool. And as you're holding, yeah, on. like, I like trying the fact to that like you hold on and hold climb on, on, like that was while really the like, wind is yeah. pulling you all the different ways. That's really cool. Um, and then the the cave is just really pretty with the like floating jellyfish creatures and the bioluminescence. It's just that it's was the so section of pretty. the game where I was like, oh, we we this is hitting on Journey Abzu. That's what like I was just like. That, that's the section where I was like, I just yeah. want to stop and totally. not leave because it's so pretty and just watch it. Totally. So. Cool stuff. Awesome. Um, Did you talk about Spider Man already? We briefly touched on it with the spoilers, but we didn't give like dis- distinct feelings. Claire, of your picks, what do you want to remain uh, an active if we are giving an, consideration an award or honorable mention award to like small studio indie game 
And I want to be clear, we don't have to. Like, we can keep all your picks if you want them still in the running. I'm just um, I would trying to narrow down what that, we're passionate that about. final boss moment in Planet of Lana is really cool. Is it the front runner for you? Uh, for me, for me personally. That was an impassioned speech that I respect but and definitely makes me want to finish the Maybe game. include the Slay the Princess moment in this lump? I don't know. That's true. Yeah. How are you fail- feeling about Slay the Princess? Jacob, did you add that one or did I add that one? I did not like, add that one. I don't think one. you would have. Okay. I think I Maybe added, I added that, one. that one. Yeah, sorry. Okay. All for the back and forth. No. I'm just trying to remember what my argument was if it was me. I think it was me and my <laughs> argument was slight spoilers for Slay the Princess. Okay. Three, two, one. Joseph, you already know this. I think it's just like the game, oh, okay. Okay. the gameplay hook of it. You've played an hour, right? Yeah. yeah. You played yeah, the you demo. Know this. Yeah, you... Um, each time you do a playthrough, your own inner voice sort of splinters and it starts to represent a different emotion and the performance changes with that. And I think that's, that's fucking sick. It is, it is sick. fucking sick. Yeah. That's it. That's really cool. Speaking of fucking sick, can we talk <laughs> about um, Psych Odyssey, which isn't a game. It's a documentary about a video game, but I'll be damned if it wasn't one of my favorite things medium transcending that i consumed this year i had so much fun chatting with joseph as we were both watching it like there are very few like movies and tv shows and things where i'm like texting friends to like oh my god did you get to episode seven and this moment happened and like unpacking in like a real genuine way and that 100 percent happened so after putting like 20 plus hours finishing the 32 part documentary, like I spent more time watching this than I did playing a fair number of games on this list. And like, it was worth every second. I enjoyed it so much. I think it's the most genuine and honest look into game dev. And I think like as a thing in the industry, like it deserves to be celebrated. It's important. It will only be able to see its lasting impact over the years to come. But like, super super special um that i think just in terms of like you know we all love the games industry and just like getting that inside look into a studio that's so near and dear to our hearts was really really powerful and cool i will argue we will never see a project like this again it's hard to say because that team still exists yeah, but I don't think true. it'll have the same shock and surprise and sheer like, oh my god, I can't believe they pulled this off. And length of time, yeah. like yeah. seven years, we won't see that. Like that. That's yeah. um, uh, what is it's that? It's insane. The movie that followed a a actor boyhood. once a year for boyhood. like twenty years. Oh, boyhood. Boyhood. This is the video game industry's version of boyhood. Yeah. And we aren't going to see it again. Which is why I would make a strong case for it to be in consideration for for a a winner or an honorable mention. Like I do think it's really special. Yeah. It's the only place we can kind of recognize it. Right. Yeah, I think so. That's why I put it here. Um, I'll give a quick one that we can cut after I talk about it. Fully upgrading your boat engine in dredge. It's really satisfying. I love dredge. I love the game pit loop. And for the first few hours of that game, you're moving so slowly through the water and it's scary and stressful. But then when you fully upgrade your boat, I was just zipping around as if I was a speedboat driver. And I really loved that. It was nice. But I don't think it hangs with some of these in terms of like emotional impact that we're, we're talking about here. I don't want to steal your moment, Joseph, as probably the biggest fan of Cocoon here. Um, 
but shout out to Cocoon for uh, slight gameplay spoilers for Cocoon. Um, the first time you dive within an orb, like within an orb, like d- that kind of thing was like shocking. Cause I think it's almost a puzzle that makes you do that to say like, mm-hmm. Oh wait, hold on. Can I bring another sphere into another sphere? Yo, like it I felt like such really a genius. Cool. It was really, really so cool. Good. And some of the best puzzle design I I think I've ever experienced in a way that mm-hmm. like it felt so intuitive, but yep. also felt challenging just the right amount. Like it threaded that line so, so well. And I think that's really mm-hmm. hard to do. Agreed. Okay. <clears throat> Spider-Man stuff. Maybe can, can we narrow down the Spider-Man stuff if there's a specific Spider-Man thing we feel most passionate about? In terms of gameplay, the Sandman fight really stands out to me as something that's like so cool. So mm-hmm. like, man, video games are freaking awesome. Um, yep. And I'm referring cool. to specifically how you're light spoiler, but it's early in the game. You're thrown across the city and then mm-hmm. you jettison back into the fight and the scale is just yeah. super, super cool. That's cool. I think it's either like Sandman or death. Yeah. I think yeah, so. I mean, <clears throat> for me, that sequence that le- leads up to death, um, unrivaled. Like that, that sequence was like far and away. My, so fun, most, like so crazy. It was kind of like so... I've been playing Spider Man for you know I beat in three days, so I was playing it for hours yeah. on end. And for the most part, I was like, man, so fun. But when that part happened, that's when I was like, wait a second, wait a <laughs> second. Now I'm getting out of my chair. Now we're having a good time. Uh, that was that was like. I was shocked. I was having such a great time. Like the personal context for me on that one, I was like about to stop playing for the night. Like I got to that part at like one in the morning and then it was such a let's fucking go. Like, (laughs) oh, I'm re-energized and I'm playing for another hour and a half because this is so cool. Like it can't be understated how hard it was to put down the controller playing Spider-Man. And I think Spider-Man has gotten kind of shoved to the wayside a bit this year in terms of awards and recognition because it's like, it's a really good thing, but it's another one of those kind of argument. But there moments like the symbiote stuff that we're talking about make it stand out to me and make elevate it over Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales. Like the scale, it needed the PS5 tech in order to do the things they're doing. Like really, really fun. Okay. Okay. So I think why don't we do should we do what we did for the character one I proposed this while y'all one were each? taking a quick break but I said let's pick like one of each game so we could have an Alan Wake moment, we could have a Spider-Man moment, we could have a Final Fantasy moment and then we could have maybe a non Final <laughs> Fantasy or an indie game. Yep, let's do it. Can I can I run through because I love. think I know. Sure. Yeah, I, go ahead. We sing Yep. Mm-hmm. Bahamut fight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Final boss of Planet Alana. Yep. Psych Odyssey. I love that for and and because I'd put Psych Odyssey over Spider Man personally. Oh, okay. But we could also give Spider Man an award and just call it good. If we're doing one no. per, I feel like Psych Odyssey is so its own thing. Yeah. No. Why don't we just let's just do five? Because we had a list of like twenty here. So that yep. feels yeah. that yeah. like we narrowed it down quite a bit. And these are all so distinct that it's like, is it really worth our time to argue like 
is Alan Wake better than Psychotic? Like, that just doesn't feel like a fun discussion <laughs> to some extent. It's like, <laughs> I love all these things. Don't make me kill my children. Did I okay. miss one? Oh, Bahamut. That's what I missed. Heck yeah. So, our best moment goes to We Sing and Alan Wake. Death, you all know what we're talking about in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> finishing part 32 in psych odyssey the bahamut fight in final fantasy 16 and the final boss quote unquote in planet of lana awesome i like this year how nice we are we're so nice this year well <laughs> we've been doing this for a few years like I, yeah we gotta we can't have more emotional baggage <laughs> I'm, just <kidding. laughs> I'm just kidding i'm still mad um, about ben star but Let's go. All right, everybody. I'm going to stop sharing this doc here, and then we're going to head into the moment everybody has been waiting for. I'm going to unveil our weighted top 10 list. So to give some context, everybody on this call individually sent me their top 10 games of the year, and I calculated what our overall winners, if we made a cumulative top 10, what that list would look like. Game number one was assigned 10 points all the way down. Game number 10 was assigned one point, and then I tallied up where the games ended up. I have a reveal video to play to set the stage for this. So I'm going to play this. Um, the audio listeners highly recommend checking out the video. It's pretty fun. And then the plan is we will briefly touch on what was in our individual top tens and then chat about like what made the list. I have some fun facts about like this game almost made the list. This game wasn't on anyone else's list, that sort of thing. And then we can shout out anything else that we haven't touched on. Because at this point, we basically talked about all these games in some form or fashion. So let me pull up the video real quick. Okay. I Do we do we say what we think the answer is before the video plays? Sure. Sure. Make Luke, some quick predictions. Luke, you put all the work in, so... Um, why don't you predict what number one is? And then we'll... We'll go from there. Oh, it's so tough. Also share system oh, audio. Thank you. One moment. So again, My the way it works is number one gets ten points, number two gets nine points. Like that that is how we're we're doing the lists. Correct. Yeah. Screen. You gotta screen. <sighs> it's gonna be like who's which game is high enough on all of our lists that it's gonna win points. So I mean I've thought about this for so long. Go. And I think there's only one answer, and it has to be Spider Man 2. Like, That's... Is it doing that? Is it's it all possible that any Just other game is, is higher? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love this so that? much. Uh, that's where my mind went, but then I was like, but what if Alan Wake 2 is number one on both you and Luke's list? I don't, even, I don't think that would be enough. Yeah, it's probably Spider Man 2. Okay, are you all ready? Yeah. Yes. Here we go. Let me know if you don't have audio for whatever Wait, reason. Whose voice this is audio that? is essential. Yeah, whose voice all is All will be revealed, as I said <laughs> in our right. group chat, everybody. Let's get the show on the road. Here we go. The Crossplay Conversations Top 10 Games of 2023. Number 10. From what I gathered, you grew up nice and sheltered with mama's pretty Benba, Terra Nil, and Cuckoo. Three way tie. Cool. Three way tie for number nine. Number nine. Planet of Lana. Okay. Number eight. 
Baldur's Gate. Oh, Number seven. So you were drawn to stories early on. would light up my imagination. And you had nightmares night and day. Number six. Hi-Fi Rush. Number six? Okay. Dang, what are the top five? Number five. You saw Number four. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda no Tears way. of the Kingdom. What the hell? Oh, Pikmin. Number three. Dave the Diver. <laughs> Alan Wake. Oh, only number three. What the heck? We know number the two. Pikmin is... Oh, wait. Pikmin four. Wow. And the crossplay conversation 2023 game of the year is Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Awesome. <laughs> Damn. Nice. And there we go, everyone. Our top 10. Unbelievable games of the year so just to recap we had number 10 venba terranil and cocoon number nine was planet of lana actually here let me do this but i'll i'll read the point values as i'm going through yeah, just for, for context because that's kind of fun um so number 10 venba terranil and cocoon all tied with eight points planet of lana came in at number nine with nine points Baldur's gate came in at number eight with 10 points Next up was Dredge with 12 points. Hi-Fi Rush had 13 points. Jusant had 15 points. Tears of the Kingdom had 17 points. Dave the Diver and Alan Wink 2 tied for third with 19 points. That's Pikmin crazy. 4 coming in at number 2 with 21 points. And Spider-Man 2 taking the overall winner spot number 1 with 25 total points. Wow. Yeah. So... Some quick fun facts, and then I will run through our individual top tens, and you got you all can give some things. Um, so I think first off, there wasn't a single game that was on all four of our lists, which was quite interesting to me. So, so we we had a pretty diverse selection of games. Um, Baldur's Gate, Joseph, you were the only one who had that on your list, but since that got your number one slot of 10 points, it made the list. Planet of Lana, similarly, Claire, that was only on your list, but it was your number two game, so it made the list with number nine. nine. Um, Pikmin, I think, would was the teetering one of, like, Joseph, it, if it was anywhere on your list, I think that probably yeah, would have taken number our one. number one wasn't slot. It wasn't on your list. Oh, you haven't played it. Because you haven't played, played it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I kept the cartridge. Um, similar thing with Alan Wake 2. Of, like, <laughs> it's kind of cool that Alan Wake 2 made it as high as it did because Joseph and I were the only ones that had it on our list. Um, so mathematically speaking, um, couple honorable mention runner-ups. Final Fantasy almost made the list. It had seven points. Jacob, Damn. you were the only one who had it on your list. In number four um, spot, right? Yeah. Yeah, it it, it almost made it. Um, Fire Emblem was also only on your list. That had five points. 
Bakura was only on Claire's list that had five points. Oh. Um, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Jacob, you and I had it on our list. It had five points. Um, Mario Wonder had four points. I believe it was just... <clears throat> who had that? I it had it on Jacob, my list. Jacob, I had it Claire, as nine. and you had... J- J- it was higher, but um, Joseph had it as his number... Nine? I think you moved it to ten with the updated list you sent I me. I had it. Yeah. Wait, no, I, I took it off. Oh, you completely. took it off. Okay. Yeah, but I, yeah. I didn't I don't know if I recalculated it, but it, it wouldn't have made the list, but almost made it. Then we had um Street Fighter with three points from Joseph. Oh. Chance of Sonar with two points from Joseph. Um Starfield with three points from Claire. Um Sea of Stars with one point from Joseph, which makes me sad. That would have been my heck? number eleven. So it was it was really oh, close okay. to make my list. And then World of Horror with one point from Jacob thoughts reactions how are we feeling I'll also what you think right of the video now. did it ha, ha. i also need to shout out friend of the show matt storm who did the narration oh. for the video i hit them up earlier this week they were super happy to do it um ton of fun they crushed it it was very mm-hmm. fun editing that together mm-hmm. um what i'll say about this list is uh i'm glad we're doing the weighted the weighted list all right because mm-hmm. i'll tell you right now after all the praise that we've we've shared on this podcast, there's yeah. no way I would let Hi-Fi Rush not make it into the top five. All right, what's going on there? Other so, than that, I think it makes sense. <laughs> why don't I? Do y'all want to individually read your top tens, or I could read them down? I have them yeah. in front of me here. I'll, Joseph, do you want to read your individually top 10? read them? Yeah. yeah. So number hit, ten. Hit us with your top tens. So we can give the context. 10 CS stars. Chances Sinar was number nine. Uh, Street Fighter six was number seven. Cocoon was uh, number six. Dave nope, the Diver you, I think was number eight. Or okay, 10 CS stars. Nine Chances Sinar. Eight Street Fighter six. Uh, seven Cocoon. Six Dave the Diver. Five Hi Fi Rush. Four Spider Man two. Three Tears of the Kingdom. Two Alan Wake one. Baldur's Gate 3. Heck yeah. Um, Claire, do you want to read yours? Sure. Um, So my number 10 was Tears of the Kingdom. And then Mm. 9, Super Mario Wonder. At 8 was Starfield. 7 was Dave the Diver. 6 was Bakura. 5 was Pikmin 4. 4 was Venba. 3 was Terra Nil. 2 was Planet Alana. And number 1 was Jassant. Jacob, you want to run through yours? Yeah, so my number 10 was World of Horror. Uh, my number 9 was Super Mario Wonder. My number 8 was Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, my number mm. 7, shout out Joseph Hooper, was Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, my number 6 was Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, my number 5 was Dredge. My number 4 was Final Fantasy 16. Number 3 was Pikmin. Number 2 was Spider-Man 2. I played all these games this year. And my number 1 was Dave the Diver. Wow. Damn. I did not expect... I thought you had... Spider-Man 2 at number one for sure. Nope. Dave the Diver is a game wow. that I will think I think about often. It's good. It hooked me it's hard. Good. Sorry. You screwed game. me with the high no, five. No, it's though. a great you game. No, I made a hooked joke. So I'll read my list real quick. <laughs> Thank um, you. Number 10, I had Vemba. Number nine, I had Resident Evil 4 Remake. Number eight, I had Hi-Fi Rush. Number seven, I had Cocoon. Number six, I had Jusant. Number five, I had Dredge. Number four, I had Pikmin 4. 
Number three, I had Tears of the Kingdom. Number two, I had Spider-Man. And number one, I gave to Alan Wake 2. Hmm. Nice. So, which I, after recording this podcast, probably no one's surprised by, but going into this year, going into this fall, that was not what I expected to have happen. And hey. after I played Spider-Man, I didn't think that would be dethroned <clears throat> for me. And it was, and yeah, it, it was a ton of fun putting this weighted list together. And I don't know how y'all feel about it, but it was really fun to not have to argue about our favorite things and just like yeah. see collectively where we ended up. So Agreed. sorry, was RE4 remake on the list or no? RE4 remake not. did not make the list. It was you and I had it on our back half. So it got five total points. Yep. And all the 10 spots had eight points. So it was, it was in the ballpark. I think if it had had like, if we had put it a little higher or if one other person had had it on their list, um, have a have yeah. a suggestion sure before we end the show yeah why don't we all quickly talk about our number ones say like yeah. one final pitch on why people Love should that. play them since let's do it they were our best games of the year do you want to kick us off <laughs> i guess so ballers gate three i'm not done with the game but this is shaping up to possibly be one of the best games i've ever played uh and it is shaping up to be one of my favorite games of all time uh, I love RPGs. I would, you know, probably say that RPGs are my favorite genre. And this is the most RPG RPG game of all time. Like a lot of the things that you would have to use your imagination for in past RPGs and fill in the gaps with, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 just gives you the option to see those plain and simple on your on your little screen. So uh, to be able to play this game for over 60 hours and experience all that I've experienced and go back and tell my friends what I did for the night and them say they they did something completely different or they went about a fight completely different or, or they skipped a fight entirely or they talked themselves out of it or whatever it is just been so much fun to understand how much that this game can differ from playthrough to playthrough. Um, the characters are all super interesting and compelling. Their backstories are interesting on their own, which I feel like is not often the case with a lot of video game characters. Um, and yeah, this is this is definitely an adventure. Like, um, there's very few games that make me feel this way. Witcher Three maybe comes to mind. Fallout Three comes to mind, and Mass Effect maybe as well. But I know I will carry my personal adventure I've had with these characters and this game with me forever um, until the end of time because it's so unique how they present the story to you as a player and great. Everything's fully voiced. Uh, great cutscenes, uh, magical big moments as well. So, highly, highly recommend everybody to play it as long as you can get over the incredibly steep learning curve that you have to wrangle within the first like hour. I forget you. You tried to bring it home on Steam Deck over the holidays, and it just was not a good Steam Deck game, right? Yeah, I mean, like once you play, like I had it on Steam Deck, and then I used my little Steam Deck dock to connect it to the TV. And that would have worked, but once I saw it on the PC, I was just like, all Hard right, this go. is just how I, I have to see That's the, the cutscenes in full quality. Um, but if you dock the Steam Deck and play it on a proper screen, I think it would be fine. But I would probably suggest just playing it on like PS5 or something. At that instead. point. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I want to play it. I'm I I keep saying it. I will play it eventually. And then 
your passion for it makes me excited for when that as moment long as you comes. play it one day okay we'll do um claire you want to talk about Jusant? um sure i love that this is your number one by the way it's cool um I, yeah I respect it yeah i'll start by saying that figuring out what my number one was going to be was like really weird and hard because i think that my like top eight are kind of all tied I don't know. Um, I had to do a lot of soul searching to put them in the order <laughs> that I did. Um, and what it came down to was there were a lot of games I played where the gameplay was just really fun. The loop had me hooked. I was super in. There were a lot of games where I really liked the narrative, the story, the characters, that element of it, um, or like the message or what it was just trying to have you feel. Um, and Jusant is number one because it does all of them. Um, so I really liked the the story that it was trying to tell, um, and it gave me the feelings. It was really pretty. There were beautiful moments, and I also just liked the moment-to-moment gameplay so much. The feeling of climbing, um, it was really smooth and seamless for me. The puzzles were like challenging enough that they made me think without getting like super frustrated. Um, I know that wasn't everybody's experience, um, but for me, that was my experience. So I really liked the game on like all fronts and um just like the the art style and the visuals it just it was a journey and it, it was a journey that i loved so number one that's awesome jacob dave the diver Ooh. yeah i'm not here to litigate whether or not this is an indie game or not i promise um <laughs> it's a good game divorced of any budget support <laughs> it's uh Hey, surprise, Nexon knows how to make a game that really knows how to get its hooks in you, uh, gameplay-wise. Um, it's half sushi restaurant management, and then half, like, I re- I always think about once a year, uh, the episode of PBS's Arthur, where he is addicted to computer games and plays this, like, undersea game where <laughs> he has to fight an oc- octopus with a harpoon. And that's the g- that I finally got it with Dave the Diver. And so, like, weird reference, but, I mean, it's a fantastic game. And that that goes without even talking about the other things that they layer in. The cutscenes that are, like, have way too much production value. Um, Some of the side things of, like, you're going to grow your own fish and your own farm. And you're going to do stealth. And there's going to be huge boss battles. And, oh, you're going to, like, discover undersea civilizations. Like, there's just so much to this game. And I'll always remember it because it was like one of the first, the, I think the first real game that I played on my Steam Deck 2. So like, I know that the, these lists are always personal. It's like, what game did you love the most? And I know that like having a Steam Deck for the first time and that being the game I played sort of colors the experience a little bit. But Dave the Diver is a, just a fucking great game. Yeah. And if you haven't played it yet, it's 25 hours of joy. So prepare yourself. Yeah. I, it, would, I would put it higher on my list now. Having, having played, played it more, more than fair. I did two weeks ago. Same with uh, actually Starfield, ironically. So, <laughs> um, it's also worth noting that one's available on Switch now too, mm-hmm. which it wasn't at launch. So, and more places to play. Fun on Switch. Yeah, no, it's. It, I, I could imagine it's a perfect Switch game. I played it on Steam Deck, and that was like Chef's Kiss. And I want to play the Dredge DLC, which came out in mm-hmm. December. Yeah, but yeah. I just haven't had a chance to yet. Because that's Dave the Diver content, not Dave yes. content and Dredge. Okay, exactly. Cool, 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 cool. Very cool. All right. I'll close us out with Alan Wake 2. I've talked a lot about it this podcast. I absolutely adore this game. If you're at all a fan of detective mysteries, if you like Pacific Northwest spooky vibes, if you enjoy compelling narrative and unique approaches to art direction and music and like multimedia live action 
interwoven into the story. Like this is such an interesting game. Um, it's one of the most unique and compelling games I've played in years. It's one that you can talk about as soon as you've finished it. Spoiler casts abound conversations with friends abound. Like there's just so much cool stuff to unpack and I can't understate how cool the connected remedy universe that they're building is and how um, now invested I am after falling in love again with Alan Wake because I enjoyed previous Remedy games but they haven't hit as hard for me as Alan Wake 2 so really really adore it amazing well we've come to the end yes Jake, Jacob McCourt question uh, yes uh, two things one yes I want to know who was the first person to submit their list and who was the last person to submit their list <laughs> okay um, you were the first person. Well, I mean, Hell yeah. te technically, I, technically I was the first person cause I had my list. Hell yeah. <laughs> before it, Luke. but technically you were first <laughs> and Joseph was last. Me. Buff. Um, uh, any other factoids or things about the list? I tried to run through what I could think of. Those are the big ones. I guess the one thing I wanted to shout out was tears of the kingdom still made it quite high even though it was very high for Joseph and I, and it had Claire's 10 spot and wasn't on Jacob's list. Very cool. I, th this, when I saw the final list, I was like, this really is a nice representation of everyone's favorites. And I know we had a yeah. couple snubs, but it felt like the games that everyone was like super passionate about are all represented yeah. here, which was cool. I think the big surprise for me is Alan Wake being lower than Pikmin. <laughs> yeah. People of Pikmin. People of Pikmin. I thought the three-way tie for 10 was cool too, because it was like those games had the support and, and made it in there, so that was neat. Over the past like seven days, we've recorded maybe like four hours of content. If it's not been a lot of I feel like we've, we've, we've mentioned Tears of the Kingdom for maybe like three minutes i feel like <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't remember talking about <laughs> it's this. it's almost like it's not one of the best games of the year incorrect Here, here's incorrect. the thing we'll end on this note because if we all liked it a fair bit sure no no, no. i will not let that stand it's fantastic i adore I played it for that 15 game hours and said damn this game's aimless i don't want to play this no mo <laughs> i've listened to a lot of game of the year podcasts this year probably too many but i enjoy game of the year podcasts so here we are I think it is a personal preference thing when it comes to Zelda. If if you need direction in your game, that's not the game for you. If you want a literal children's sandbox where you can just do anything and everything and get really crazy and wild with it and just like, just get lost in it. I think that's that game. It clicks with some folks. It doesn't. It, it really clicked for me. It's a good game, but I didn't bring it up just because I, I was more passionate about other things, but I do think it's very good. So I'll say it that. is. It is. All right. Any other honorable mentions, things to say? Otherwise, I think we're. Congrats to Spider Man doing... 2. Congrats the to Spider Man 2. Year. It got a game award from, from, from us. So it, it, it's a dope <laughs> game. Um, all right. Well, Jacob, Joseph, Claire, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for podcasting for, as you said, four hours in the past two weeks to record these. It was really fun. And I think we got to represent a bunch of awesome games. Special shout out to friend of the show, Matt Storm from the fun and games podcast. Really, really appreciate you um, lending us your vocal cords. It was fantastic. Jacob. Thank you. Uh, and Luke, shout out to you for all the work that you put in on this. Uh, thank a you. Secret video. What? 
Secret video. You're crazy. I had, I had a lot more ambitious plans for that video. <laughs> I'll tell you about the offline, and I scaled it back, but I, it's it was still really, really fun to put it together, and Matt's voice was chef's kiss tying it all together. So Jacob, it, it was really fun. Can you put a peace sign up so that the balloons drop and we can use those <laughs> to congratulate Luke? All right, the balloons aren't coming. I don't, I don't. I don't know what triggers it. I don't know what. I really need everyone to go watch this video version so you can see Jacob's random confetti triggers. It's like, (laughs) you know, for iPhone users out there listening to this, when you like send a Happy New Year text, let's go. Okay, we have to end on that. Um, Thank you, (laughs) listeners, for for sticking with us for this one. Um, We'll be back in a couple weeks with special guest Jill Grote of the Indie Informer to talk about our most anticipated indie games of the year. So look forward to that one. Um, for now, we are setting our status to away until next time, but you can quickly do three things for us to support the show. You can follow us on Twitter at CrossplayConvos. You can send this podcast to a friend because that's how people hear about podcasts. And you can give us a review on your podcast platform of choice because it really, really does help. And with that, on to 2024 games, y'all. And now we sleep. Bye. <laughs> sleep.